Well, we continue our series this morning in Living the Heart of the King. And we're on the eighth Beatitudes, which is the, the last of the Beatitudes, or what we call the Beatitudes. And it takes up three verses. Three verses. So, out of respect for the reading of God's Word, would you please stand? We're going to be reading from the fifth chapter. Verses 10 to 11. Excuse me. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For these, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, And falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Folks, I've lived long enough in this world to know that whatever you do, you will be criticized. Even if you're doing nothing, (laughs) you'll be criticized. I don't know about you, but I would rather be criticized for doing the right thing than doing the wrong thing. I would rather be called a fool for following God than to be called a wise man to follow the world. God never promises us, never promises us that we will have an easy life. In fact, if you live, God, live for God in this world, you will be persecuted. There's no gray area there, by the way. The life of a believer intimidate, intimidates others. Do you ever think that your, your faith intimidated other people? But it intimidates other people. Believers are persecuted because of two primary reasons. Two. The first, the righteous life that they have chosen. They're going to be persecuted before that. That's what the scripture says. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. The crowning feature of the happy Christian living the righteous life is persecution. Did you grab what I said? The crowning feature of the happy Christian life is living in persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12 
says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus, for Jesus will be persecuted. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You may want to take that verse home and study it this, this week, to meditate on it, to pray it. Because there's nothing, there's not a verse in the Bible that's more true than that one right there. And we're going to find out, though, why that is a credit to you and I as Christians. A man who, what, he once accepted a, he accepted a new job, and he was going to have to work in a place where he knew a lot of the people, and they were specifically very profane people. But he decided to take this promotion. After the first day, his wife asked him, how did he manage in that new job? Because she knew what he was walking into. He said, terrific. Terrific. They never guessed I was a Christian. As long as as people have no reason to believe that we are Christians, at least obedient and righteous Christians, we need not worry about persecution. But as we manifest the standards of Christ, we will share the reproach of Christ. To live for Christ is to live in opposition of Satan in this world. Christ living in his people today produces the same reaction, the same reaction that the world had when Christ himself was here and he produced that kind, that kind of thing, this kind of culture in the world that wants to persecute you because of the righteousness that you carry. Abel, Abel did not preach to Cain. But Abel's righteous life, which was typified by his proper sacrifice to the Lord, he was persecuted by his wicked brother who finally in a great rage slew him. Suffering persecution is part of the normal Christian life. According to the scriptures, it is evident that unless we experience ridicule, criticism, and rejection because of our faith, we may have a reason, listen to me, we may have a reason to examine the genuineness of our faith. We got quiet. To live a redeemed life to its fullest is to invite and to expect resentment and reaction from the world. Let's look at Luke. 6, 22 through 23. Blessed are you when men, man 
Men hate you. When they exclude you and insult you and reject you, and your name is evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how the Father treated the how their fathers treated the prophets. Jump for joy. Leap for joy because you're being persecuted. Why? Why? Because of the treasure that is yours in heaven. See, we tend to forget about that. All we see is like, man, this don't feel good. I don't want to do it no more. This don't feel good. Don't do that. Now, I'm not going to say anything else to you. I, I, this don't feel good. And we forget about that treasure in heaven we got if we would just stand in our place and stand with courage and proclaim that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Amen? If we don't do that, then something's wrong. And I'm telling you, if you don't do that, if you run from it, it's a sin. It's a sin because this is a commandment. This is not you need to. This is not you ought to. This is a commandment. This is a commandment. And then later on, in the 26th verse of that same chapter, Jesus says, Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. What? Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you? I thought that was pretty good when they did that. But the verse goes, but Jesus goes on and he says, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Yeah, they did the prophets that way. They thought, thought good of them. They told them how great they were. Patted them on the back. Glad to see you, brother. Come on in. And then, then they would turn on them. And they would persecute them. Because they carried the word of God and they brought it to them. We don't want to hear that. You need to leave. You need to leave. You're not welcomed here anymore. A lot of the prophets ran into, came to cities and they'd close the gates. They wouldn't let them in. Jeremiah was one of those. Oh no, here comes that guy again. Close the gate. Lock him out. But most of the times they just stand at the gate and preach. And they'd hear it anyway. As we examine this beatitude, let's note some, of, some ways true believers are persecuted. And there'll be three ways. First, there is physical persecution. There is physical persecution. All the other beatitudes deal with inner qualities, attitudes, and spiritual character. This eighth beatitude talks to external things, things that happen to believers, but still deals with an attitude. Attitudes are, are in there. And this attitude is an attitude of self-sacrifice. Now, what does that look like? It's living with a bold attitude and with the courage that says, and I want you to remember this, I will be in this world 
for Christ and be who he would have me to be. I will say in this world what Christ would have me to say, whatever it cost. Read it with me. I will be in this world for Christ and be who he would have me to be. I will in this world that Christ will have me say whatever it does. Remember that. Remember that. It is in this beatitude that many Christians will break down in their obedience to Christ. How many of you like to be persecuted? But see, that's exactly why we'll turn our backs on it. That's exactly why we will run from it. That's exactly why we don't want to encounter it. But I've just showed you in the Bible where it says you're going to. If you're doing and living like a disciple of Christ, you will be persecuted. And we don't want to. I mean, this is the one thing. We, we don't want to feel that. It's, it's pain. It hurts. It's a, it's a discomfort. It's a barrier that I don't really want to be in front of me. So I'll get rid of it. I mean, it's here where the genuineness of our response and the faithfulness of our response to the other Beatitudes is so strongly tested. I will be in this world for Christ and be who He would have me to be. It is in this particular Beatitude that we are most tempted to compromise. How many times have you tried to compromise with the Lord? Hmm? Lord, if you'll, just, if you'll just let me get through this, if you'll just not let, let you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to speak and I'm going to say the things that you want me to say, but just help me to get through with this without anybody coming after me. Without anybody throwing any arrows or knives at me or anything like that. I don't really, let me do that for you. You know what? If you let me get past this, let me do that, then I promise you that I will. You know, we're trying to compromise. We're trying to talk God out of us having to be persecuted. And this is, in this case, is a case where we tend to do that. We, we want to compromise our faith so that we're not persecuted. We do this because we don't like conflict. We just don't like... How many of you like conflict? Anybody? I don't like conflict. But we run into it. We try to avoid conflicts and we try to avoid problems that we know, we, we know obedience to God will bring. You know, Stephen was the first Christian to be murdered because of his commitment to Jesus Christ. James was killed by the sword. In fact, most of the apostles 
were killed. Peter was crucified upside down. Paul was beheaded. Many were fed to the lions. They went through real persecution. The the credentials that are probably most evident to Paul's authenticity as apostle and a minister of Jesus Christ, we can see in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 20 through to 27. And, and it says, And far more laborers, and far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day have I spent in the deep. I have been I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship too many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. But what did Paul do? He rejoiced. Just like we are called to do, we rejoice. He, he gave joy. He created joy in his life. And there is a, that is a great attitude that we have to maintain through our persecution because it is that rejoicing in the Lord for being persecuted, that will bring joy into your life, will bring strength in your life, will bring courage into your life, will bring you to a point where you will stand for Jesus Christ no matter what. Missionaries and Christians in the world are still, still today, physically persecuted. Now the second The second way that believers are persecuted, there are verbal insults. There are verbal insults. In today's world, where the most vicious and hateful persecutions come from, we seem to face this terrible thing called virtual, I mean, verbal persecutions. I was told a long time ago that that words are just tools. And they're tools for what? They're either tools for building up or they're tools for tearing down. And too many times, too many times, and this includes us people, too many times we use words to tear down and not to build up. And people have learned that how to use this vicious attack, how to use these vicious words that you put out there to tear somebody down, how to take Christians and strip them of their faith because of this verbal persecution. Have you ever been confronted by a a friend, a really good friend who's a Christian about something that they were doing that was wrong? Maybe you can, you've consulted one, one of your friends and approached him. 
and told them. I had someone that did that uh, before. And on making that decision, they, they, knew, they, knew what, they knew what the other person had said, what the other person had, had done, and they approached him about, that. don't think that's what Jesus would really want you to do. That that's not how you should stand, and that's not what you should say. Should say. In some cases, like, like this, that I was witness to, I have had friends come and explain to me that they had told their friends the decision they were making. What they said was not what a Christian should do. It's not what a, how a Christian should have responded. And in the process of doing that, their friends became very angry. He used all kinds of vicious words and hurled it back at them as verbal abuse, telling them that they had no right to invade their right to choice. These people weren't trying to tell them they had to change. They were just pointing out. A point of accountability. You see, we don't like to do that amongst, amongst ourselves. We don't even like to do that because... Because we don't want to seem judgmental. There's nothing judgmental about that. The Bible has told us that that's what we should do. That we should approach someone of our brethren, our sisters, who have not done right. And tell them, you're making the wrong decision. Let me pray with you about it. Let's, let's see if we can't come up with the right decision. But a lot of times, people are going to get angry because you did that. They're going to tell you that you have no right to tell me that. You have no right to stand in this place of judgment on me. I'm not standing in judgment on you. I'm just trying to point out what's right and what's wrong. I'm just trying to help you. Trying to love you. People don't want that. They don't want that. And you get, in return, you get these vicious things sent back at you. To cast insults is to throw abusive words and to mock viciously. Viciously. You know, James talks about use of the tongue, does he not? You ever read the book of James? Read it. He talks about how the tongue is, is a cruel, cruel weapon. How we use it to slash out at people. How we use it to lash out and to break people down. The tongue is a wicked thing if you want to use it that way. Don't cast insults. Don't use abusive words to mock someone viciously. To be a citizen of the kingdom is to court verbal abuse. You're going to get it. Jesus was spat on. He was beaten. He was taunted on the way to be crucified. And faithfulness to Christ may cause some to mock you and insult you. Let me give you some a godly lady. This is some examples. A godly lady, Christian lady, great lady, was constantly harassed by her co-workers because of her Christian lifestyle. And and an elder in a church was 
persistently taunted by his supervisor for his Christian conduct. A friend was forced to leave his job because he would not drink alcoholic drinks at an office party. This all happened in Tennessee. It all happened real close. That stuff still goes on today in our, it's not just the Bible where we see persecution. It's happening here. It's happening around the world. I watched a horrible, horrible video the other day where a lady in a Muslim country had professed Jesus Christ. They took and they stoned her. If you've not ever seen anybody stoned, that's a horrific thing. It's horrific. But that was persecution. One time she tried to raise her hand. And they went over and they pushed it back down and continued to stone her. It still happens today in this world. Across in this country. Let me tell you something. Christians in this country right now are being persecuted. And they will continue to be persecuted. It will be used as to, to political leverage to elect somebody or not elect somebody. If that's wrong. That's wrong. But the more that the liberal agendas continue to take over this country, the more, the more that we elect these people in that bring that liberalism in, they bring all the wrong things in that are not godly, that are against the will of God, Christians will be persecuted. The church will be persecuted. And you know what? If we don't stand up and holler louder than they do, if we don't stand up and move against it like we're supposed to, and we've not done the right thing. We have to proclaim it. We have to shout it. We have to <clears throat> strive to put Jesus back in control of this country that he gave us. And, and push out into the world <coughs> and declare Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. <clears throat> the third thing <clears throat> the third thing are false accusations. <clears throat> this is this can be devastating <clears throat> because this is not something that you will be able to stand and defend yourself because false accusations are usually slandered it comes that are aimed at the back of you, behind your back, where you can't hear it, where you can't see it, where you can't defend yourself. <clears throat> and it strikes at the attempt to tear down your integrity. It strikes at in tearing down who you are. They're able to 
profane you. They're able to slander you. They're able to do anything they want behind your back because you can't speak to them. You can't say anything. You find out later on down the road that something's happened. I, and, I, and I would almost guarantee that all of you have been in a situation like that where somebody at work or somebody's done something hadn't liked what you did and they, instead of talking about what you did and they didn't like it, they started tearing your character down behind you. It happens. And it's the persecution that we receive because of our faith in Jesus Christ. We try to do the right things. We try to live the right way. And we get persecuted. I've even worked in jobs where they said, you are not to profess. You are not to profess your faith of any kind on the workplace. And when you're talking to people, you cannot do that. And boy, you just talk about how that makes you, it just makes you feel awful. Because if you do that, what's going to happen? You're going to, you, you, you're going to be disciplined. And if you continue to do it, you probably won't have a job. And we think about survival, then it, start, then it starts being survival, right? I can't, you know, if I do this, I'm going to lose, I'm not going to be able to survive. I'm not going to be able to provide. We, we're going to run into these kind of things. And this kind of verbal abuse that becomes behind your back is not fun. <clears throat> and it's hard to repair sometimes. Sometimes it can't be repaired. Sometimes we just need to move on. Remember, when you are hated, when you are maligned or afflicted as Christians, the real animosity is not against us, it's against Christ. We need to remember that. Satan's great enemy is Christ. And he opposes us because we belong to Jesus Christ. One more thing. We're going to talk about our reaction to persecution. How do we react? Three things. One, we go back to what the scripture says. It says rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. I know that's hard. It's hard to think, how can I rejoice and be glad when I'm being persecuted like this? Because you see, that's what gives you strength. That's where God can pour into you all his, all his strength and all his power. Because you're rejoicing and be glad. And, and, and you focus on the things you should be focusing on. What You're doing what God wants you to do. Now focus on what God has for you because you're willing to stand firm where you're at. Because you're willing to speak out for what you believe in Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in Romans 5, 3-5, through 5, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings <clears throat> because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts 
through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The second thing is how we react to persecution. A believer can rejoice in the midst of persecution because they have a great reward in heaven. I mentioned this to you earlier. Don't forget what your great reward is. If you've got that close to you and in your heart, I, not long ago I was in the presence of a, of a lady who was, been a few years back, who was dying. All she could talk about was though the glory that she was going to be able to, to live in with Jesus Christ in heaven. She knew where her reward was. And she told me, he says, now you can't give up. And she grabbed me. I was down talking to her real close. She grabbed me by the, by the neck and uh, uh, collar and she pulled me down. And she says, and don't you dare let these people off the hook. She was serious. <laughs> she was a great woman. Great, great, faithful woman. But she walked right up to death's door, took that step through the threshold, and stepped right into heaven. Never flinched. She was so happy. Now, I don't know how many people you've been seeing lying on their deathbed who were really happy, really full of joy. But boy, she was. Third, our reaction to persecution. Believers can rejoice in the midst of persecution because they are in great company. They are in great company. And I want to close with, with something that happened to John Christenstam. He was a godly leader in the 4th century church. He preached so strongly against sin that he in offended the empress Eudoxia as well as many church officials. When summoned before Emperor Achates, Christendom was threatened, excuse me, was threatened to be banished if he did not cease his preaching. He responded, Sir, you cannot banish me. For the world is my father's house. Then I will slay you, Acadius said. Nay, you cannot, for my life is hid with Christ in God. Your treasures will be confiscated. John replied, Sir, you cannot. You cannot be either, but my treasures are in heaven. Where, where none can break and still. Then I will drive you from man, I will drive you man from, from man, and you will have no friends left that you cannot do either. For I have a friend in heaven who has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. John was banished. First to the Armenian, and then farther away to Piteous on the Black Sea. 
to which he never arrived because he died on the way. But neither his banishment nor his death disproved or diminished his claims. The things he valued most highly, not even an emperor could take away from him. God's power is so great in your life. Remember this. It is so great. Nobody can take it away from you. They can't take your great reward from you. They can't steal it from you. Because your reward's in heaven. They can't do anything to you. They may do everything they can to hurt you. Yes, this body, this body, this flesh and blood, it can be hurt. It can, it can, pain can be produced. But Jesus said, rejoice. Rejoice and be glad. Because that's where you're going to find God. That's where you're going to find your salvation. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, loving God, we thank you so much that we've had the opportunity together this morning. Father, help us to know that in the persecution we suffer, some will be great, some will be less, but that you stand with us every time. You, Father, lift us up every time. You make us stronger every time. And what we should do, Father, is just be glad and rejoice. Help us to see that is where your strength is at. That's how you strengthen us. Father, let us walk into this world with this great attitude that we're going to stand where you want us to stand, say what you want us to say, and be who you want us to be. For it's in Christ's name. Amen.